Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat podcast. Today with Ralf Kichler, CEO at Datacon. Ralf, thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Jonathan, for the invite. Happy to be here. Yes. So uh, we usually start the same way, and uh, that is that we give our guest uh, the stage and the opportunity to kind of um, yeah, tell our listeners where they come from, so kind of to understand who the person actually is, right? To understand what, what is kind of the background, how did you end up in, uh, let's say, being, being there where you are today? And um, so basically my first question is uh, to kind of, yeah, please go to your, through your professional life in a yeah, more or less storytelling way. Just let's say kind of dive deep into where you come, come from, the different stages that might, let's say, be interesting to share what, what shaped you and how you basically got um, where you are today. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. So uh, today, as, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO of Datacon International, one of the leading um, telecoms um, and digital management consultancy uh, in, in, in the world. And uh, describing my background a bit where, where I'm coming from, how I got to that, uh, to that position in total. So over 20 years uh, of professional uh, career and experience so far, you can basically I would say uh, distinguish in two blocks. Uh, one, one block, 13, 14 years, I've worked for management consulting and uh, around about eight years um, in, in, in a big corporate for Ericsson um, in, the, in the telecoms world uh, in various roles. But let, let me deep dive here a bit more. So um, management consulting, that's basically where I, where I, start, uh, I started off. Um, um, it was always, on the, uh, on the intersection between strategy and truly top management consulting and telecoms. So I really, really am passionate and I'm burning for, for the telecoms industry. So that's where I, in the 2000s, uh, went, once we introduced UMTS and 3G, the wave, it was uh, all the trends towards um, um, triple play, quadruple play, then the financial crisis hit 2008, 2009, where the operators needed needed to kind of uh, consolidate, saving costs, etc., trying to find new revenue streams. So a lot of the trends of the twenty uh, of, of twenty years, I, I I was able to help a lot of operators uh, globally. So a very very global footprint as well. So after thirteen fourteen years in the consulting industry, I thought uh, it was like, um, how does life look on the other side of the table? Um, not only advising, right, but also doing the decision making and implement and executing on things a bit more, a bit more long term. That's when I decided to move to Ericsson, where I'm headed off first the consulting unit, then I'm pretty much after a year later I moved to Stockholm for a couple of years. I was heading up the strategy for the uh, back then it's called Global Services. Mm. Global Services is roughly half of Ericsson and Ericsson is an industry tycoon in the telecoms industry. It's one of the three main vendors for telecoms equipment. Um, the, the global services part was everything uh, except for hardware and software data. 70,000 people, 180 countries in the world where they sit with teams. Just think about there are probably 200 something countries. So basically wherever there's a country, wherever there's an operator, Ericsson is there. Super international business. Uh, broad scale, uh, it, was, it was an amazing job. Um, so uh, after a couple of years, I, um, I was in, in Stockholm heading, heading strategy, as, 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 as I said, 
um, I moved to a larger PL role as I became president and CEO for Ericsson Iran. Um, back then, uh, sanctions were not there. Sanctions were just recently lifted. So they were on the, on the massive rollout of 3G and 4G basically in parallel. Anybody who knows Iran, it's a pretty large country yeah. from a geography point, a point of view. And, um, and, and then, um, yeah, uh, I got like three months later only, CEO, a new CEO of Ericsson came in. Obviously, what is, what is what you do as a new CEO? You, you start a reorg, <laughs> so consolidating a bit more. Then I, I got the honor to, uh, to add a bit more um, a responsibility and I, be, I became uh, the president CEO of uh, Ericsson in Iran and Turkey, so Turkey uh, together. Um, amazing job. I've done that for a couple of years, 1,500 people. I've built in Turkey um, production centers. We were producing and started, um, started producing ready equipment locally in Turkey. We opened an R&D center, R&D for 5G together with, um, with industries, um, the universities locally in Turkey. So uh, and, and all in all, an absolutely an, uh, amazing experience. So um, that was a couple of years ago. So after 20 years in the telecoms industry, having worked for um, a, a large, um, a, one of the largest um, a, um, equipment vendors for telecoms in the world and a background in, um, uh, in, in management consulting, I was thinking about myself. So what, what, is, what is the next step? What is it really what, what I want? On the one hand side, uh, I was traveling so much in my life. I was relocating so, so much. I still love it, but I, I, I thought about, I, I need a home somehow, a home base. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to move back to Germany, back, uh, back to where I came from, right? I definitely wanted to stay in, um, in the telecom sector. I think it's, it's, it's amazing to see all the, all, all the technologies being introduced, how that changes, not only the sector itself, exactly, especially now for 5G, how that changes basically every single aspect of our lives, every single um, 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 every single um, different industry out there, and especially I think the pandemic right now shows us how critical that infrastructure is and how more critical it will become. Um, that's one thing. So I said I, I wanted to stay in telecoms, and I thought also to myself, well, I've seen the other side of the table now, uh, and I still like management consulting pretty much. So that is one uh, one of the reasons I then actually um, uh, moved and accepted that position, becoming the CEO of Deticon. Fantastic company. So that's a bit of my background. Very international footprint, passionate for telecoms, and now a bit about, uh, uh, about management consulting, which I'm also passionate for. And I know also how, how to work in a, in a large corporate as Deticon, obviously, is, is, a, is a key part, is a part of the Deutsche Telekom group. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. So, you know, I've been thinking on how I'm going to structure our conversation today in terms of also what is the best to get out of your, let's say, vast experience. And obviously, you know, um, I talk to a lot of different people from different industries, right? And uh, the funny yeah. thing is, um, you know, sometimes you think like, okay, you have one field that you work in, you know, and then you, you, the more you dive deeper into that, you realize, okay, you don't really know a lot, right? <laughs> so there's, a, there's so much that you can learn. But then again, if you talk to, let's say, people that are, again, in really completely different industries, then it, you just realize how much things there are that you can, let's say, work in and focus on, right? And obviously, 
Um, the, 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 let's say the, the first thing that I want to start off uh, with um, is kind of give us an explanation of, let's say, of the, yeah, the big, the, the, the telecom, telecommunication industry. So for example, you know, me as one that is not really in it, right, and does not have a lot of experience, Obviously, there's a few things that I, uh, that I observed as well in the last years, right? So I know there is, let's say, you know, the big traditional players that we know, such as Ericsson, you know, or in, uh, Verizon in, in, in the U.S., you know, which are obviously, you know, giants. But then there's also new things happening, right? Especially in the recent years coming from China, you know, with Huawei also being really, really big, you know. And let's say there's a lot of stuff happening in there. So kind of maybe give us a, a kind of, a, yeah, quick description of the status quo what is happening what is important to know about about this whole sector sum it up in in, uh, in in one single word it would be probably disruption right okay. so a lot of disruption due to technology is seriously happening here and is, is, is starting from happening here right <laughs> um everything we see since the iphone was introduced in 2007 wouldn't be able without telecoms without the proper infrastructure in the background where those things are, are running on all the so-called ott players over the top players who are on top of the infrastructure if you don't have a proper infrastructure it wouldn't fly it wouldn't work or the so-called hyper player uh, hyperscalers as well if you talk about cloud it only runs and flies with, with super infrastructure so it, it's obviously a bit of a challenge to explain that whole industry <laughs> i spent in the last 20 years in a very condensed way like let, let me try. <laughs> um, and obviously, as you said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there in industries in 20 years. But still, if I deep dive in one specific topic, I see so much more things where I also don't know anything about, right? right, right. So uh, it's only my, my glimpse I can, I, I can, I can give you my, based on my experience. So if you start a bit and trying to, uh, to slice it and dice it a bit, one thing you mentioned, Huawei, uh, Ericsson, obviously there's Nokia and others that's kind of the um the the infrastructure part so the vendors producing the technology that uh, that operators especially mobile operators can run right and uh, that, that's the interesting thing i mean at the end that whole industry is rather small uh, if you think about in terms of number of players so when we talk about um operators uh, in in the world by per country, you maybe have three to maximum four operators, right? In total, if I remember correctly, Ericsson had like 400 more or less customers, 400. It's not a million, it's 400, right? It's, uh, it's kind of a, a world which is um, um, uh, overseeable. Uh, if you think about on the equipment um, manufacturers, and if you think about those who are really significant, right, let's say 95% of market share uh, total, it's only three players. It is Ericsson, it is Nokia, it is Huawei. That there existed also, there's a bit Samsung maybe, there's a bit ZE, but basically it's those three things, those three players. And that's a bit of a challenge for a lot of the operators at the moment, because uh, I mean, you, we heard so much about 5G lately, right? Uh, which is now rolled out from Dutch Telecom as well in um, uh, in Germany. It's rolled out all over the world, especially the more the more mature countries. 5G as an industry standard uh, uh, will be one of the really really disrupting technologies, which will en en enable not only anything for, for for telecoms, 
but for a lot of industries um, and different models. Um, and uh, we see also the political fight here. I mean, you, you know all about the sanctions, or heard about the sanctions, political sanctions on, on Chinese vendors, on Huawei, SETI, et cetera, right? From, uh, especially started, started from the US. I think one thing is about who has the saying on that, uh, on, on that industry standard and who drives uh, that technology. Because that is so key, it is so core for a lot of the industries. They, don't, uh, they are fearing to get, uh, give, uh, give up control. So basically you have two big Western players, Nokia and Ericsson, Sweden and Finland, and, and uh, a couple of really, really large, big Chinese players on the vendor equipment market. And they drive 5G as a, as a standard. They produce the equipment necessary put up in the networks that it runs on, 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 on that. As a free software, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and what we see also more, it's a typical, I would say, um, trend as in a lot of others, other industries that uh, more and more uh, gets basically uh, into, into software. So hardware becomes a bit more obsolete, more commoditized, and much more will drive into software. Virtualization, cloudification is a big, big key trend uh, for, for operators as well as in other industries. That's the vendor side. And we think about the, um, talk about the operator side. So as I said, you have like two, three big operators uh, in, uh, in, in, in a country. And I think uh, I'm, I'm talking a bit more now about mobile operators because mobile 5G, that's, that's more what we are, what we are uh, we're lo looking on. But obviously in, uh, the one industry, one interesting trend is the more you go mobile, the more you go also 4G, 5G of high data, uh, um, um, high throughput, high data rates, the more you need to go as an operator on the fixed side, the more you need to go to fiber or the more you get fixed. Because obviously all the towers where, uh, where, which your, your mobile is connecting up on, they need to have a, a kind of, uh, need to be connected with yeah. wires, right? Um, also from, uh, from uh, with, um, uh, yeah, with fiber connections basically. Yeah. So that's another big trend, right? A solid fiber infrastructure, which unfortunately costs a lot of money, digging down the fibers all, all across the roads and con connecting, connecting all the households, connecting all the, um, uh, all the towers. So solid fiber infrastructure is expensive. It takes a lot of time, but it's super key and necessary um, in, in order to have a fantastic and, 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 and high scale and performable uh, mobile infrastructure as well, so that's that's another big, uh, big big trend we would see. So as I said, we go more into into 5G. Uh, we have talked about a bit about the operators, right? And then uh, we, let's talk about what uh, what are the others who are on top of that, the OTT players. Yeah, right. Right. I think that is obviously a, a, a massive trend and a, a big battle also between operators and OTT players. Um, Operators, they are basically having the infrastructure uh, which allows OTT players um, um, to, 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 to leverage their business model and even to, yeah, to run the businesses that they run. So WhatsApp wouldn't work um, um, without any, any mobile infrastructure. And WhatsApp basically killed for operators one very attractive business model, which was the SMS, right? And by the way, uh, a, a, nice, a nice goodie. The SMS was invented by a former Datacon employee. 
just in case you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that, so that's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> Absolutely. He got actually, I think, the Bundesverdienstkreuz uh, like last year okay. for, for that invention. Yeah, uh, I didn't knew it either when I started, but it's a very, it's a fantastic heritage and, and in history we have in, 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 in Dezika. Um, so, um, and a, lo a lot of, uh, I think, what, what operators are struggling with at the moment, uh, or since a couple of years, is that a lot of OTT players sitting on top of the infrastructure doesn't pay a dime for the infrastructure the operators has built, but they are, uh, they, they are basically, um, um, uh, I would say, um, yeah, killing or, or grabbing um, business revenues uh from operators they actually need in order to invest for the infrastructure again right, right. right. it's a very very highly capex game so need to invest i mean if you need to dig cables you don't do that for the next uh, couple of years you, you you're you're planning for 20 years minimum right yeah. and you don't get an, a return on investment in the next year it takes years right that's different for uh, for ott players so that is now uh, where you see um, interesting things happening uh, where, um, where operators trying to move into the O2T space. Um, for example, um, uh, you know the, the video chat functions like, like BlueJeans being, being acquired by, I think it was Verizon, for example, right? They are, uh, or, or Verizon um, also acquire, acquired Yahoo a couple of years ago. This all is a move in order to grab and, and get hold of those, those revenue streams the OTT players have basically taken from, from operators and, and driving uh, into, into those space. So a very, very interesting um, environment uh, in total. Maybe I say uh, something about, I mean, coming from Ericsson and in the telecoms industry, uh, every 10 years, you basically have a big, big technology shift. It's the next generation of, uh, of mobile technology. Now we are moving into, the, into 5G. In 2000s, when it basically started, it was just the introduction of UMTS or called or 3G, right? In 2010, it was 4G. So maybe I give you a bit of an idea what 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, what it basically stands for and what is the technology difference. And then going back to your initial question, what does it mean for the whole industry? Yes. Yeah. So you can basically say 2G was about connecting people with voice. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, with the introduction of 2G in the, uh, in, in the 90s, you basically were able to just, I mean, you, you probably re still remember those, uh, those old funky, um, um, funky phones, right? You could talk to people. Um, uh, you could even write SMS, as I said, invented by Dezikon, right? Uh, that, that was kind of the first generation, you could almost say. 3G was introducing basically... Um, um, data as an additional revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So you could surf and browse the web. You all remember 2007, uh, the iPhone was, uh, was introduced into, uh, globally, right? And obviously 3G uh, was, uh, was a, a, a major possibility and I am able to make it work. Apps, uh, App Store, etc. cetera. Uh, although I think the very first iPhones didn't have 3G, it had only, only Edge. Or the second generation they, they had. So it was it just make that possible. So it was introducing actually a the possibility to surf the web, right? 4G, everything got faster, right? So you could uh, you could go for one megabit per second or even higher. 
latency rate got got uh, got got a bit uh, got down. So latency basically is once you let's say um, push something to um, uh, uh, a research, for example, in Google, how fast is the response rate, right? So like it, it got down from 30, 40 uh, to, to 20 milliseconds. Uh, so everything with 4G got uh, got better, so to say, right? But it didn't add anything significantly new anymore. 5G is not a total, total new game, right? Uh, first of all, yes, everything gets better and faster and quicker. Latency goes down to one millisecond. So, and I will explain later what that means actually in terms of um, possibilities. Uh, you can probably download uh, things. Um, we will see uh, it's, 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 it's a standard which is still being developed also in the in course of next years. Maybe uh, uh, we talk about several gigabit per second. Um, so it would be faster, uh, it'd be super fast, it would be quicker, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that standard was actually, it's the first standard which was developed for the enterprise segment. It's not, it, it's not primarily developed for the consumer segment. So a standard which now enterprises and corporations actually can use. And there's something we call 5G campus or a private network. So if you think about a large company like, um, let's, let's take, I'm, I'm, I'm living in Munich, let's take BMW, right? I have a large factory producing cars. In that big factory, you have a hell of a lot of machines standing around there. Uh, and in two days world, you can connect them. They can talk with each other. And, and, and the brains of the machines that need to reside in the machine, they can be up in the network, up in the air, up in the cloud. So a 5G network, which connects all the machines and can, can also sense exactly on the millimeter where actually it is in the, in, in the space, in the room. Uh, just think about what, uh, what, what, uh, what things can be possible. Um, if you think about um, one use case, is, all talked about is, um, is remote surgery, for example. Right. Yeah. You, uh, as a surgeon, you don't have to be in the same in the same room anymore with your patient. You can do this remotely if both have machines on it. And obviously, there you need to have a very very low latency rate. Or if you have a connected car, right, uh, one millisecond or below is a latency where where uh, uh, this use case will be able to work. Uh, in other use cases, if you talk about 15, 20 milliseconds. And and uh, and and we talk about surgery, right? Uh, it it wouldn't fly. So um, that is something uh, we will see coming in the next uh, next years. And it feels a bit similar, like in the 90s, everybody talked about internet. It's a big thing, the World Wide Web, but nobody could really kind of imagine uh, to what extent in which area we were going. Now, in 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 terms of 5G, what it can enable. Um, if you think, think about connected cars, remote surgery, uh, and a lot of other use cases, this is only something we can imagine right now. And we will see that happening in the next couple of years. So I'm, I'm super excited. Okay. So hopefully that gave you a bit of an overview of the whole industry. It did, it did. You know, and uh, what's crazy is actually, I realized once you, when you were talking about this, especially on, on the iPhone and before that as well with the SMS, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, that actually the operators, so the classical operators that you have in the world, right, they are really, I mean, they have really a hard time because first of they all, do. <laughs> I mean, they're responsible, you know, for 
let's say setting up the infrastructure you know in the country so let's say they are responsible for making the infrastructure and at the same time let's say they need to finance that right so they need to have let's say specific value propositions and when you were talking about that i just realized first you 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 said like the sms example right so the text messaging example and then at the later stage i realized i realized as well like this famous famous example of nokia and and ericsson as well right who used to let's say produce uh produce phones and I, I, I think, exactly. Nokia, you know, the market for Nokia at that time was, was insane, right? And then the iPhone happened and I mean, you know, we know how that ended. It's, it's crazy, you know? It uh, vanished. It basically vanished, right? Yeah. They don't exist anymore as a, as a mobile phone um, um, equipment manufacturer, absolute. Exactly. And, and the funny thing is that most people actually always saw Nokia as a, um, uh, let's say, as a phone company, right? They, yeah. that, that's the funny thing. So especially, let's say, if I talk about myself, also, let's say, talking with other people, when, when you talk about Nokia, everybody, you know, uh, relates Nokia to, you know, those small phones that we had. To, that we the, had. The, the famous Nokia 9010, for example, yes. Exactly, the indestructible <laughs> that, that was where the, let's say, battery was holding for, let's say, two years without charging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but, it, but, it, but that's, um, that's really crazy. Um, but maybe, let's say, if we, if we then focus or let's say stick with the operators right yeah um obviously let's say uh, you know as, as as we are both based in germany um, i i do let's say you know uh, observe what is happening with deutsche telekom especially now under their ceo who's let's say also a really great example on let's say uh, leading a company in the digital age with what they're doing but maybe you can give us, um, you know, maybe you can give us uh, uh, some ideas on, okay, how do operators now, let's say, look right into the future in terms of, let's say, new business models, right, new opportunities, and how that also, let's say, relates to maybe Datacon, right? So how, what is your yeah. role? What, what is your guy's role in that? Yeah, very good. Very, very good question. Um, let's, uh, let's stick with the operators first and give me, uh, let, uh, I give you a, a, a couple of things uh, which is happening right now. And also what I might see and expect happening in the future and, and how we as Datacon will actually playing a part in all of that. Yeah. So on the one hand side, you, you just said, you said it correctly. At the moment, what, um, um, what we, are, we are doing and as, or what most operators are doing, especially in the mature market, uh, is basically um, a rolling out 5G, right? And in parallel, in order to have it, have it a stable infrastructure, um, next to next to rolling out five uh, 5G as a new standard, um, uh, also rolling out uh, a proper fiber infrastructure, right? So that uh, that it, it all works uh, works well together. And as you just mentioned and realized, it's a big investment, yeah. uh, a multi-decade investment. And it's um, and as is always it is, it is infrastructure, it is national infrastructure, and you can uh, draw a very clear. Um, um, statistical uh, relevance that a country uh, which has a good infrastructure with access with a, with a lot of a lot of people majority of people have uh, having access to high-speed internet that those countries have a higher GDP growth than other countries right very clear um, um, statistical connections so that means why I'm why I'm making that point it, it, it is it, it becomes it becomes a political element Right. So digitization starts with, with a proper infrastructure available basically to the vast majority of the people in the country. So it becomes um, a, 
um, yeah, a, 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 a key success lever for economic growth and an economic success, right? The more you push for that, um, um, uh, uh, the, the better you are compared to other countries. So uh, th this is why, why also speed is super important. And speed means you need to take more capex, more investment into your hands, right? It's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's of course, a, a big challenge uh, for a lot of operators uh, operators globally. When we talk about moving into 5G, etc., cetera, um, it's not only that you use the existing antennas which are around there, because 5G is a bit of a different standard. Um, uh, it, uh, it has different spectrum it uses, which means you need to densify your network. You need to have more, more towers. It's, it's smaller towers, but it's more, right? As, uh, as also, also people um, uh, are, are using actually, and not only the people, as I said, it's all the enterprises, will have a much higher usage, which we expect from that in the networks. So uh, that is one, one big thing what op operators are doing. Um, and uh, and, and let, let's come a bit more to the consumer, to the offering side of things. Um, so that's happening in the background, right? Um, what, uh, what they were offering in the last 20 years is obviously very simple SIM cards, right? You, you go to a shop, uh, still to a shop. I mean, um, uh, that's the interesting part. You can also not go online, but just imagine you don't go to a shop if you buy an airline ticket, right? But you still kind of tend to, to go to a shop to buy a new mobile phone and buy a SIM card. Uh, that's gonna change as well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, especially in the pandemic at the moment. But you go to a shop, buying a SIM card, buying access phone, maybe a, maybe a, a postpaid uh, or a prepaid card, whatever, 24-month contract, new phone, uh, you name it. That has been the classical mobile phone offering, right? What we've seen in the fixed line segments, a lot of people, even I, I don't have a fixed line anymore. I, I have, a, I have a, a super DSL connection and that's about it, right? I don't have a fixed line. I need that anymore. Um, but on the offering side, that has been it. Now, now when I mentioned the 2000s, 2010s, what we moved into triple play, quadruple play, you enrich the offering. You got mobile, uh, you got uh, the internet access, you got DSL um, and subscription access now with super high speed. And then they moved into content as well, right? Uh, we, we all remember probably, especially in Germany, T-Online, um, which uh, got, got merged again with, with the core company. But um, content means also, <clears throat> especially also the offering uh, T-Mobile and Deutsche Telekom has, um, you have kind of the, um, the, 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 the streaming offerings, like the Netflix of the world, yeah. right? which runs on your infrastructure. So if it's already running on the infrastructure, why not even kind of going into that content part and enrich your offering and don't just leave it to the Netflix companies of the world? So, uh, so the uh, the T Entertain offerings uh, um, Deutsche Telekom is offering is exactly that part where you can watch Bundes the Bundesliga and soccer um, and, and sports events from your one events etc. So enriching your pure access uh, with content is one major other 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 step uh, yeah. uh, they are going. And the last part is probably now the whole cloudification, right? Uh, you probably use um, Google and Apple and all, 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 all their, uh, their um, um, and cloud offerings. And the same is something what mobile operators and, and, and fixed line operators are doing and offering in, in, in two days world as well. 
as basically they are running the infrastructure anyhow they have a lot of data centers already so why not making our offer out of it and using and offering it to private customers to consumers as well as obviously to b2b customers and helping um, actually um, enterprises to go digital uh, and i think this is now looking a bit into the future if you combine that what i've just said plus the push and move into 5g this is something probably a big big challenge for operators they need to be uh, be better to understand especially their enterprise clients so it's not enough anymore just to go to an enterprise client if it's a bmw and offer them for their for the employees 100,000 sim cards right and on off you go right now you need to understand where can we help you as bmw or any enterprise customer where can we help you um going digital uh where um, um if it's a offering a 5g campus uh and, and and running it on them so you need to understand their processes you need to understand their organizational challenges their infrastructure and you need to plug in and help them transforming that so it's a total new game it's a uh, uh, it's a total new setup actually the operators need to think about especially now this is triggered actually with 5g so that's a bit of what i see today and what does uh, what i see tomorrow so how does DataCon being uh, being part of here? I mean, we are a consultancy. We have a uh, we have a very very deep understanding of technology, coming from the um, um, uh, from the yeah um, telecom side of things, the connectivity part, right? And 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 helping first of all, all uh, a lot of operators uh, in the in, in the world um, fighting those uh, those challenges. If it's on the on the cost side of things, if it's um, uh, helping them becoming more digital, helping them um, in, um, in defining offerings, pushing them uh, um, and, uh, pushing them out to the market. Um, if you're talking about uh, mergers, acquisitions, and another interesting story is I learned about um, actually, Daticon founded dozens of mobile operators in the world. So we. T-Mobile, for example, the T-Mobile you know about, it was a Datacom project in the 90s. Okay. So we, it started very small, scaled up to 800 people. So we were, we were basically defining the very first T-Mobile next to all other operators. So a lot of operators you see in Africa and the Middle East okay. have been founded and built from scratch by Datacom, by Datacom employees. Okay. That's kind of a uh, very interesting heritage obviously we don't found new operators anymore yeah that's not happening in today's world but what is happening for example uh, is uh, for uh, for for several countries we assess their infrastructure okay so um, so the country presidents and, and chancellors coming to us um, um, and, and asking are we ready for the next step in digitization what is it what we need to do right so we assess and uh, sorry you had a question yes no i don't i didn't have a question but i I thought about it. it's really interesting because what you ultimately sell is you sell experience right you sell experience of like one of the leading top that's what you said right if you if you take a if you take a country where let's say you know uh, the infrastructure is very well and you have let's say high 
you know, really, let's say, top operators in that country, right? And for example, here we have Deutsche Telekom, which is, I mean, you know, it, it is uh, a really good one. And then basically what you do is you sell your experience, right? And, and that is ultimately what it is because I thought, what I thought about yeah. is, I thought I, I thought I made a connection to the port business. So for example, because I used to live in Rotterdam, and uh, yeah. the port of Rotterdam, right? That is also what they do. Besides, let's say, you know, also running entire ports, right? For in yeah. other countries, they also, let's say, help, you know, to, let's say, build, you know, establish, let's say, plants or, you know, bring in innovation within ports. And, you know, that's kind of the same thing uh, with, with you guys as well, right? Selling the, the let's say, the know-how and the expertise within the uh, telecommunications. Space. Absolute. It's consulting is people business, right? Yeah. And this has been exactly actually one of the reasons Datacon was founded over 40 years ago. Not yeah. sure if you know what Datacon actually stands for as an abbreviation. It yeah. actually, it doesn't stand for Deutsche Telekom Consulting because Deutsche Telekom as a company didn't exist uh, 20, uh, uh, 40 years ago. That's it stands for Deutsche Telepost Consulting. Okay, wow. Also an interesting uh, history fact that is back then it was Tele Deutsche Tele Post, it was uh, the, the postal service and uh, the telecom service was still together, right? And yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was a, uh, a, a behörde back then. So that was exactly one of the reasons. A lot of countries came to Germany and said, guys, you have such a, uh, such a fantastic um, telecoms infrastructure. Uh, can you help us build it? Right? Yeah. And back then, there was no there was no possibility to send people actually to to the countries uh, and help them build it. So that's exactly how why we founded and inaugurated Digicon. Uh, actually, then one of the reasons to to basically share the knowledge what what we have with, with others. Right. And um, let's say, let's dive a little bit more deeper in your actual value proposition. So what are, you said, okay, so we're a consultancy company. I understand, let's say, you know, the link and the focus uh, and the, coming from the heritage and the communications uh, space. Uh, what exactly is the service portfolio looking like? So what is the areas exactly that you guys are consulting in, in terms of maybe also linking to technologies, you know? Uh, yeah. Are you guys, are you just, are you guys really, let's say, doing, you know, work within, you know, uh, telecommunication space, or is it also, for example, that you guys do, um, you know, more specific things and that you help, uh, you know, for example, other operators to, you know, I don't know, build uh, build applications or analyze their data, data science related stuff. What, what is it that you guys do there in terms of? Yeah, we're, we're, very good question. Let, let, let me go into my sales pitch then. <laughs> <Don't add. laughs> um, so, um, for, first of all, um, and, and maybe a related bit to how we are organized as well, so you understand which customers and industries we are serving and with yeah. what we are serving them and, and what we are doing there. On the first, uh, let, let me start always with the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So we have um, um, three, we, we call them industry chapters, um, where, we are, uh, where we are serving our clients. One is bread and butter business where we're coming from, telecoms industry, right? So we're there, we are, we are, we are helping and serving telecom operators, Globally, um, it's regulators um, where, where you have the regulator body for a lot of uh, a lot of the countries, right? And also equipment manufacturers. So that these are that's one part, right, uh, for the telecoms part. Um, then we have uh, something we call uh, automotive and manufacturing industries. So here we serve basically all famous, uh, all large, especially the German ones, uh, and car manufacturers, the OEM. Right, 
um, and manufacturing industries, uh, everything where, which has a production line, right? A production where we also serve the large, uh, the, the large manufacturing industries. Primarily, we only shoot for um, the big and large, large corp uh, corporates and enterprises uh, here. So that's the second um, and column, basically, on that. The last part we call the services industries. Everything which is not telecoms and which doesn't have a production. So what we are especially focusing here is on the one hand side public. So the public, the government part, public industries, where we are helping cities become more digital, where we're helping um, states, countries, like for example, uh, North Rhine-Westfalen, et cetera, right? Becoming digital, helping in the digital, um, digital service offerings towards, uh, towards, their, uh, towards their citizens. Second part is financial services, where we're helping banks and insurance companies becoming more uh, digital and driving technolo technology. And then there are a couple of more smaller um, industries, uh, smaller in terms of we are not that big there yet, which is, for example, the, 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 the retail industry uh, and, and some, some other industries. So these are the clients. So it's not only telecoms. That's where we started off. But as I said, it's about connectivity and technology. Yeah. And that is a trend that is something which is affecting basically all the industries, right? So that's also how we grew larger and bigger. Yeah. To your question, what is our service offering? What is our value proposition? What actually are we doing there, right? So, so we have also in, in uh, how we are organized, we have so-called uh, four functional chapters. One is strategy and innovation. So that is basically tip of the spear. We start and help CEOs, CFOs, CTOs, CIOs, although the C-suite basically, yeah. um, on their strategic questions. Yeah. Strategic questions always paired towards technology, tech, um, uh, towards technology connectivity, right? Um, and, and, and innovation part. So we have also, coming from our heritage, we have an, we, we have a, um, an office in Silicon Valley where we are doing an, an innovation radar checking on each on the industry and technologies what is like that the next five years ten years out innovations where, where we see where big corporates need to have them on their radar they need to understand them they need to understand the implications it might have for their business model and for the business as such and and and, and driving innovation in the corporates as well so it's about strategy and and innovation as one part then um, another one we call um, business technology, right? This is basically serving, you can say, uh, the CIO, right? Or the CTO, CIO in those, in, in those days. Um, a, a lot we are doing there is about enterprise architecture management. Uh, it's about cloudification, especially in Germany, Europe, it's about security, right? The more you go digital, the, the more you go cloud. Uh, the more you need, the harder you need to think about: Is it actually where are those staters sitting? Are they encrypted? Are they secure? Is this, um, can anybody hack me, etc.? So these are things where we are helping a corporation with to have a very secure um, um, business technology in their um, um, in, in, in their world, right? Um, then a third part where we are helping a bit cross. It's more about operational performance. Uh, so once you, for example, merge two companies, um, which you call in, in, in consulting terms, post-merger integration, right? Yes. 
getting out some some synergies. Um, um, it's not only about um, uh, it's not only about firing people. No, it's about really about reorganizing processes, right? Uh, what is the new service of, uh, offering there? In two days um, um, world, um, you can automate uh, processes with little robots. It's called RPA, Robotic Process Automation, for example. This is another technology which, which we help um, 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 companies to understand, implement, and, and run. So it's a bit more the long-term things what we're doing there. And last but not least, it's about uh, we have an offering uh, or a chapter which is on network uh, technology. It's again brought, um, bread and butter business for us. Any network, especially mobile networks, um, and as well as the fixed line networks, um, we are helping operating um, um, actually assess it, all the private equities, if they want to buy it or sell it, to assess it. We help them plan the networks, we help them rolling out the networks, we help them operate and maintain the networks. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's a bit, in, in a nutshell, um, basically what, 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 what Diticon is, uh, is, is doing. Um, maybe let me become a bit more tangible here and give you maybe one, two or three super concrete examples of things we're doing right now. Yeah, right. go ahead, go ahead. Um, so one example is there has been uh, last week uh, a CEO of an operator called me, a CEO with head, uh, who covers like, uh, like 10 or 12 countries. With, okay. uh, the, you call it opcos and nutcos, national companies, right? So they are covering several companies each in each in each country. You have a, a separate operator standing there. In one of the countries, they are on position number four. So if there are only four operators in a country, you don't want to be number four, right? So they have been losing out uh, pretty much in the market share. They're the um, the only the way to win is actually is to to get lower in price. And lower in price means even less margin, right? So it's a it's a, it's a it's a death spiral a bit, right? People don't uh, the consumers basically don't appreciate the quality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now a lot of that is linked actually what the investments you put into a network. So basically, the local CEO gave an investment plan which was enormous, right? So um, the global CEO called me and, can, and said, Ralph, can you please check and double check for me? Is that valid? What, what is that CapEx plan, that infrastructure investment plan over the next 10 years this guy put on my table? Uh, is that okay? Do we reach our target to become at least number two in, 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 in five years? How does the whole network like? Help me, right? Independent uh, opinion, assess it, audit it for me, and let me know. Uh, what is the credible uh, answer I need to give? Uh, because he needs to go back to in investors, to the investor community, and 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 obviously uh, put that into, into into the planning mode. That's a very concrete example where we help an operator actually in their investment plan for the next ten years. Right. Um, uh, let me give another um, um, an, an, another example. Um, um, one thing um, about um, I think connected car, so, so the where where you have in two days world, each of the cars have a 4G SIM card in it anyhow, right? Mm -hmm. But the but the trick is what do you do with that? You need to enrich it uh, with a, a lot of services for the end user. And what's actually new for the uh, for for most of the um, uh, uh, or basically all of the car manufacturers. Um, 
they don't from the manufacturer itself they don't sell to our end consumer yeah they sell via um they sell via um, um how you say handler right yeah uh, a car a car dealer right yeah. uh Tesla is doing that differently. They don't have car dealers. They're doing things themselves. So they know the end consumer. They know what, what, what they choose from. They have the address, etc. So yeah. now it's about bridging for a typical car manufacturer in Germany or the other ones, right? Who are actually their final end consumers. How can we connect to them? And, and, and one possibility is those online services you have in the cars, right? That's and really don't... Yes. That's really interesting. Let me let me just intervene in here. Uh, sorry to sure. uh, sorry to interrupt you here, but uh, keep your thought. Keep your thought. Uh, it's really interesting that you mentioned that um, because uh, I've been I've been talking to uh, a lot of people in the automotive space, and uh, also yeah. uh, one of one particular conversation that I had just uh, recently was with um, Ben Heinrich, who is the uh, chief digital officer at uh, Bosch Mobility Solutions. Yeah, and we talked exactly about that because it's really interesting to see that, right? Right now, um, uh, the the whole automotive industry is really, let's say, you know, um, putting so much effort into building an operating system, right? A standard operating system that will basically, you know, enable in the future to have, you know, kind of a, an app store, you know, a, a, mar a marketplace, right? And the funny thing is, now that you mentioned that, I thought about that, you know, just as you said it, you know, every car is a, has a 4G um, in it. Isn't that also something that, you know, traditional operators could, let's say, be involved in? Because, I mean, you know, or something that they would, could try to, 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 uh, to do. Because the conversation or the ultimate, uh, the ultimate um, point that we had in our conversation with Bern was basically that it will, it will be a lot of partnerships. So the only thing in order for this to succeed so that you have a car, right, that has... Um, that obviously you have the hardware, you have the car, you have all the different things that make up this car, right? But then let's say having a central marketplace is because you need multiple players that come together and have different types Absolutely. of Absolutely. So that's why I, th I just thought about this when you, when you said it. it would also be interesting for, you know, to see, okay, what is the role in the future? Because it's, it's going to be a huge market. It's going to be super big. Super it is. It is. And you know that already Google and Apple, they grabbed it, right? Yeah. You see a lot of cars where they push their apples, their app store and the, and, and the whole surface yep. uh, basically on the, on, the, uh, on the screens in the car. So, and that, I think this is, uh, this is something a lot of car manufacturers understood. It's a big danger. They don't want to, because where will the money being, be coming out in the next couple of years? Today, the, uh, a lot of money has been generated obviously by, by repairing the cars, right? Yep. But yep. once you go EV, to do electric vehicles, you don't need a lot of repairs anymore, right? So there's not big engine which needs to be kind of maintained and stuff like that. So you lose that a bit. And if you push that, uh, you have the app store in there, you have, you probably have like the Netflixes, you're listening to radio, uh, yeah. like Spotify, you have, um, uh, uh, you have your, your apples there, etc. This is nothing a car manufacturer today get money from, nothing. Yeah. And there's a lot of the money actually and a lot of margin being made there, right? So they don't want to leave that space to others so that they don't want to fall into the same um, yeah, challenge and trap uh, like the operators with the OTT players, right? Yeah. So that is exactly one of the reasons 
YSC or the Volkswagen and others pushing for an own operating system. And they want to be on top of that, right? Okay. It's a very interesting battle to, 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 to see and to follow. And if you ever have driven a, a Tesla and you see this super big screen there, the, 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 the whole screen, the whole OS is being, has been developed by Tesla. They know that this is core, right? And it, it, it runs the whole machinery. Only bending steel, that is not why you generate money from in, in the future. Super interesting, absolute. Yeah, definitely. It's going it's, it's to be, it's, it's uh, very, very interesting to observe the entire space. There's so much happening, you know, yeah. uh, and so much opportunity to go in different directions. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. But, and, uh, and, and again, maybe sorry, sorry to interrupt. And again, um, why are we in that space at all as Deticon? I mean, yeah. It has been enabled only and purely because there's connectivity, right? right? With 3G, you wouldn't be able to run that. Just not possible, right? But the 4G and 5G, you can connect cars. Uh, if, if, a car, if, if a car sends data one gigabit per second, the new networks, they can cope with that. No problem at all. And this is now with this enabling technology, as I said in the beginning, if you want to sum up anything about that industry, it's about disruption. Yeah. Now, this technology disrupts that whole automotive sector as well. Yeah, so... You know, as a last, maybe as a last thought, because I just saw that it's already two o'clock um, uh, and we're uh, running out of time and I don't want to hold you off too long. But, you know, as a last thought, so uh, let's say, let's picture the future because the other thing, you know, which, uh, you know, always comes in, in this entire IoT space and, and also, let's say, in this connectivity space is that, you know, if, if we're already talking about cars right now, is that you have this machine to machine communication, basically. Yeah. Right? that let's say once we have our car let's say uh you know being already fully connected on the inside you know the next step is also let's say to have that on the outside right and 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 uh obviously how do you let's say picture maybe as a closing note right how do how what is the role of let's say an operator look like maybe in the future on that size let's say you know how, how does the future involvement of an operator look in the automotive space then for example that's a very specific one. <laughs> it is a very specific one, but maybe let's say let's delve into that one because, uh, you know, if we say that's a really big opportunity, then, you know, uh, I think for the operators, it's going to be, uh, you know, if they, it's not that, that not just that they're going to supply the 5G to that, you know, it's, it's also. Exactly. Absolutely. Opportunities for that. Yeah. So I think there will be probably a set of two or three different operators how they interpret and how they solve customers uh, and solve customer problems uh, or, or try to generate value right on the one hand side there will be always operators who only provide infrastructure right and and their osp is probably to provide infrastructure uh, at an okay good quality but low low cost they are the the low cost providers infrastructure only right um and it's a slimmed down organization only about that right yeah. um obviously it's a bit of a commodity right um it's um and, 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 and only connectivity is like providing water electricity you, you name it it's about it's a price game yeah and that is not how you can distinguish um, um in, in in the very future but there will be who, who do only that then there will be other operators who step up on the value chain, right? Who yeah. provide more than just infrastructure, who provide yeah. content um, for that, who help 
um, um, like, like an automotive manufacturer, help them actually and tightly integrate with them um, um, to, to run their operations. Yeah. So I think one thing is, this is something we are at the moment um, um, working very hard on. How can 5G and a 5G campus model or a 5G private network, how can we as, as an operator um, support and help a car manufacturer build a 5G campus network mm -hmm. and help them actually run their, um, their factory on a digital manner uh, locally. So that is something um, I would envision a um, um, couple of operators will move into, mm -hmm. which is much more towards um, 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 uh, understanding and helping digitizing um, um, their, their big corporate enterprise customers. So that is my, my vision here for the future. That's super interesting. Ralf, thanks a lot for being on the show. It was really interesting to talk to you. Uh, there's so much that we could have talked about. Maybe let's say, let's plan something for the future, you know, because there's uh, still so much that we can talk about. But thanks Absolute. for being on the show. Pleasure being here, Jonathan. It was, I really enjoyed it. We need a follow-up. Absolutely. Thanks so much to be on the show. Take care. <laughs>